0: ContraZoom
1: where we go back and forth about film
0: I'm Dakota Arsenault
1: and I'm Rachel Ho
0: the Oscars have quite literally ended less than a half an hour ago at the time of this recording and we are here now to sort of recap some of our thoughts on uh, the ceremony the winners and losers how it all went uh, a few bets that may have been going on during all of this all that fun and exciting stuff uh, I'm, I'm pretty amped right now. Rachel, how are you feeling? I know you're in a very different time zone than the rest of us. How are you feeling?
1: Um, not great. I mean, I, uh, definitely didn't do so hot with my predictions on our show or on Exclaim. So that, that's yeah. always good. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't do great. Um, but yeah, I, I actually didn't get to watch the ceremony cause, um, the few channels my hotel has. Is not caring anything about the Oscars, which I find amusing and great, but all day Shohei Otani, so I'm fine with it. It's cool.
0: Hey, hey there are sometimes more important things in life, and sometimes that's the World Baseball Classic.
1: Listen, um, you walk around Tokyo, and his face is everywhere. It's just incredible. Not surprised.
0: But uh, joining us today is our good friend friend todd pengelly todd has been on the show before you know him from for real uh one of the best follows on twitter uh todd thank you so much for for taking the time uh to join us tonight
2: yeah of course i don't i don't know if i'm one of the best follows on twitter i mean you're really fun by on the, twitter
1: you are you next, know why you are on,
2: You're gonna start adding more and more things like <laughs> winner of world baseball Classic. Like just you're gonna have to keep adding things we go that <laughs> far
1: no, the reason you're a good follow, Todd, is because anytime somebody will say something nice about All Quiet on the Western Front, you're always there to be like, "Hell yeah!" And I'm like, "Yeah, go, Todd." <laughs> I was all. getting scared tonight.
2: I was like, "My love for it is never ending," but I was also like, "Is it gonna? Is it gonna do it?" There's a solid like half it hour. Where it is like, is it? like, it looks like it's gonna do it.
1: I know it was really exciting for a second there, wasn't it? But then, yeah, but it's fine. It's still the best movie of the year, so it, there's no problem. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, people would know that if they also checked out an article that I finally published today, Rachel, of uh, if you and I were were Oscar voters, by now this would be yesterday, uh, Oscar Sunday, this came out, so hopefully people still want to check this out. And uh, maybe next year I'll get it up in a more adequate amount of time.
1: (laughs) I I did, I usually have to apologize because I'm probably usually the delay on these things, but this time... Not on Rachel. Not on Rachel. All on Dakota. All on. Well,
0: I mean, you know, there were. Was it on me? Days. It was on both of us. We'll put it that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think. No, it wasn't because you still weren't done when I was like, oh. To be fair, there were days that I completely forgot about it. Like I just it just slipped my mind.
0: That's that's a little behind the scenes stuff. Um but yeah, let's let's talk about the Oscars. Uh Everything Everywhere All at Once was the big winner of the night. It won seven Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Directors, I guess you should say it, uh, best actress, best supporting actor, and best supporting actress among others. Are are we happy with the Everything Everywhere almost complete sweep? Uh how how are we feeling, Todd? Wh- what are your thoughts? Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy. Um,
2: it was my favorite film of the year, which, and yeah, okay. It was my favorite film of the year. And then, you know, backtrack to 11, 10, 11 months ago when I saw it in theaters, I would have never thought we would be sitting here now in March of 2023, talking about it winning seven Oscars, being the best picture. Um, pretty much a sweep, definitely an above the line sweep. Like that's, Mm -hmm. That's would have astounded me eleven months ago because it's not that kind of movie. Like it's not the seven-time Oscar winner kind of movie. And so I'm I'm very happy. I also think it signals a really cool direction
1: for the Academy.
0: What about you, Rachel? Are you uh, are you satisfied, even though you had all your eggs in the all quiet basket? <laughs>
1: I didn't have it in the all quiet basket I had it in the Elvis basket I don't, I don't know for what betting I was purposes doing. yes but <laughs> yes um, <laughs> um my heart my heart was with all quiet though yes, yes. it was with all quiet um yeah I, I mean it's I think I very much so echo what Todd said like no one and the Daniels are included in this as well I've read enough of their interviews to know they never thought they would be here like, it's a movie about hot dog fingers, or not about it, but it's got, like, hot dog <laughs> fingers and butt plugs. Like, that's not an Oscar movie, and yet it not only got nominated and, like, picked up a couple of awards, it did really, really well. And I, I think that this combined with, say, the you know, the Parasite win before, and even the CODA win last year, I think it does show that there is a shift in the Academy and that whatever they've been doing behind the scenes to how should we say diversify i guess They're the the voting um bodies i think it's working like it's just showing at least that there is more variation uh amongst um theater goers as as uh, as they were so yeah i'm happy about it though even if um i lost all my <laughs> i lost and i hate losing it's you did, yes. you
2: lost but all quiet is now the most winning netflix movie ever so yeah,
1: What does that, that mean, it though, Todd? What, is it, what does that really mean, though? Like, well, maybe it
2: signals a, like, a shift back towards Netflix. So when they let him make his sequel all mm-hmm. quiet on the <laughs> World War II front, I don't really know what the World War II version of it would be, considering it is a World War I movie, but when they let him do that for Netflix, then maybe it wins Best Picture. Because, like, it's moving in Netflix's direction.
1: I like oh, how on mess. Omaha Beach yeah wow
0: <laughs> that's just saving private ryan
1: <laughs> you would think though if we're gonna do a world war ii movie from a german director i think you got to stay in germany no <laughs> like no, something no, happened no, in no, germany no, during world war ii you guys like i feel like you stay there
2: is there a large audience demand for more <laughs> world war ii movies from the german perspective
1: I thought you were going to say, is there enough? Like, is there enough content really there to fill World War II movie set in Germany? I don't know. From a German perspective. I, mean, they I made say the yes. Hobbit
2: into, they made The I Hobbit into yes. like four movies. So I think yeah. it's probably possible. If, if
0: they if they do a sequel and they don't include the producer song Springtime for Hitler, what was even the point?
1: Yeah. Yep. You you invoke <laughs> the man's name. And there you go. <laughs> Todd and I were holding back on that one. We were just sitting back on that. Oh come
0: on! Uh, I I'm also very happy. Obviously, my uh, my wishes were in the tar basket, and uh, tar went home empty handed. So I I'm a little crushed of that. Uh, but I I'm still there. Was there was like this year? So, some years there's like maybe one or two movies I'd be happy winning best picture. This year, legitimately, there was like five or six where i'm like i would be cool if any of these movies ended up winning best picture and i think it would be like uh a good pick and and obviously everything everywhere is right up there for me it it was a fantastic movie and i'm really happy that it did end up winning and it's crazy that like uh if Kihoi kwan had you know won for best Actor actors supporting actor obviously different categories and stuff like that uh this would be i believe the third the fourth movie to win a uh, do a full above the line sweep which would be absolutely incredible and the fact that i've got the two supporting actor nominated wins uh sort of really cements its legacy as one of the all-time great winning films
2: yeah i think it would have been the first movie since silence of the lambs to win mm-hmm. the big five and i do think that winning two supporting performances should essentially count, count as that
0: yeah,
2: unnominated yeah best actor so like it does feel like it did kind of win the big five tonight even though it technically didn't
1: and i would say too you you like science of the lambs is an interesting movie to kind of compare it to because that movie is not even though i think maybe looking back we think it's a very oscar-y movie because of how revered it is because but it, yeah. it is a horror movie yeah. but like it's a mm-hmm. horror movie and those aren't the type of movies that typically speaking especially back then that the Oscars were awarding. So, I mean, I say back then, even now, horror movies don't really get their moment. So it's kind of interesting that the two movies that have done this, with a bit of an asterisk on, uh, everything everywhere, um, are genre movies that n- wouldn't normally, you wouldn't normally think have a shot at doing that. So, mm-hmm. food for thought.
0: Yeah, because it would join the club of also uh, Silence of the Lambs. uh, One flew over the cuckoo's nest, and it happened one night. Are the only movies to do a a top five sweep? Certified bangers. All of those are (laughs) absolutely bangers.
2: (laughs) not to bring too much Zoomer talk into the podcast, but all of those are certified bangers.
1: Yeah. Certified banger. They all slap. They're all great. It's excellent.
2: That's what happens when Frank Capra actually, was yeah. thinking when he made that film. He was like, You know this is? This is gonna be the first banger to get certified by the Academy.
1: When yes. he when he called cut on the film, he's like, And that's a rap. This is this movie yeah. slaps
0: you guys. <laughs>
1: Let's do this.
0: Uh, all right, let, let's talk a little bit about all quiet. There was, you know, we alluded to this. There was a moment where it kind of looked like, oh, you know, maybe if it was adapted screenplay, then uh, it might be the best picture winner because it. it the, or the first half of this show, of the Oscars, it seemed to be winning almost every award it was nominated for. It was absolutely incredible. The fact that it, we, we kind of figured cinematography, it was, it was a bit of a weaker year, in my opinion. Uh, but the real shock was obviously for best original score, which it seemed to be mm-hmm. Babylon's in the bag to lose, basically. And yeah, they did. And, and my sort of theory with so- Babylon is I think voters did not want to honor a movie that flop so hard at the box office. And that was a bit of a, my fear when I was filling out my ballot being like, oh, Babylon again. Ooh, am I really picking Babylon for the third time on my ballot? Ooh, is this uh is this gonna go my way or is or the Oscars going to be like, no, we don't want to honor it. And it seemed like that's what it was. And all quiet was the the beneficiary of the uh of the love there. Boo. <laughs>
1: It it sucks for Babylon, like because I don't. It's, the movie is not nearly as bad as people are thinking it's it is amazing. or making it out to be. It's, it's a, great, like, <clears throat> but it lost
0: all the money. Like this was a two hundred. It did. Million it did. It yeah, paid, like, $10 but million in the box
1: office. I, I don't know if though the Oscars have necessarily followed box office though. You know what I mean? Like I think it's more of there just wasn't a general love for the movie from anyone. It seems like it. That that's kind of the funny thing to me about Babylon was that maybe it doesn't pick up any steam at the box office it is a very niche movie for i hate using this term but like the general public to go and watch i get that it's a hard ask because it's long it's not necessarily about like a super sexy topic to a lot of people even though it's a super sexy movie um but the fact is, is that critically it didn't do hot and then when it hit the awards circuit even before this it just didn't land like it just didn't seem like voters cared that much about this movie so on all fronts it just lost which to me was really really surprising i thought that if it didn't do well at box office at minimum it would do well in the awards and then it clearly did not and then my guy justin Hurwitz didn't pull this one out which is too bad but saying that all quiet score is amazing though like what Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's a more fitting score to a world war one movie i've ever heard like it's modern and yet old at the same time like it's perfect so i can't even though I thought Justin Hurwitz was going to win, and I, I thought he deserved to win, I can't really fault All Quiet for winning either because that's an excellent pick because it's an excellent movie. It's the best movie of the year. That's why
2: <laughs> it is an excellent movie. And I wrote today in a in a, a piece about my Oscar predictions and like my ballot, which somehow published after Dakota published. Um, <laughs> so basically, yeah. I published it like halfway through the ceremony, and <laughs> I wrote that All Quiet score would or should i can't really remember which verbiage i used win in any other year really mm. which ironic now but <laughs> it, it just year. felt like I, yeah exactly i it felt like if you played voodoo mama in the ears of every oscar voter it's like how does justin herwitz lose that score nomination it feels like it should have been in the maybe the only thing Babylon definitely would have come away with, regardless of how the movie performed. So I felt that it was, I was just baffled when it lost because there's a lot of love for Justin Hurwitz too, in the Academy. Mm I mean, yeah, La La Land almost won best picture in no small part because of the work that Justin did, obviously in creating the music for that film. So kind of baffling.
0: Yeah. I, I I will say, for All Quiet, I loved the fact that every time they won an award, they played a piece of the music, that ominous, mm-hmm. like, three-note motif, and it was just, it was, it seemed so badass, like, especially when they were going up to win, to, to collect Best International Pitchers, going to, bah, 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 and they're going, and they're, like, slowly walking up the stairs, it was pretty cool, I like that.
1: <laughs> that's the thing with that score, though, that's amazing about it, is, like, because of that, I mean, I'm not great with the music stuff but like it's like it, it's like the electric <clears throat> excuse me the electric guitar riff it sounds like such a great hype up music like a good walk-up music if you're you know playing baseball or something like that's a good walk-up song to have or a little riff to have but at the same time it's like incredibly scary and terrifying in the context that they're using it in so I, I like yeah. that the score is so dynamic in that sense I hate using that word but it is dynamic in that sense um so yeah it's a great score and I'm very happy for them I just yeah I'm I I am disappointed for Justin Hurwitz because I'm pretty sure he probably thought he was gonna win because we all thought he was gonna win
0: he's got two Oscars already
1: yeah it's true he's he's doing fine
0: if
2: Germany Had qualified for the World Baseball Classic, would you be petitioning them to use that as their walk up
1: music? (laughs) Probably not. No, I feel like it's slightly inappropriate. (laughs) 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 Just Just a little bit inappropriate for that to be their music. Come on,
0: can you imagine? Shohei is is pitching and no he's, he's you yeah. want you want to bring
1: Japan into this do you <laughs> like that's oh. really what you want to do and the world is going crazy.
0: And they bring out the reliever and they start playing that. And that's like the the Enter the Sandman uh, closer music, basically. I'm getting real niche here with this podcast.
1: Yes, you are. Yes, you really are. How many baseball fans are out there?
2: Yeah, it's like how few people can we appeal to? We've already cornered the market because we're like, you know what movie is good? Babylon. (laughs) <laughs> Which turns off like 99% of all listeners.
0: And then I, I'm talking about Mariano Rivero's walkout music,
1: right? Who right. retired <laughs> how many years ago now? <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's, gone. he's been done for a while. <laughs> I think he's in the Hall of Fame now. <laughs> so he, he is. He is in the Hall of Hall Fame. Of fame. Oh, God. He got I'm inducted, his... what, like a year or two ago? No, yeah, more than that, actually. It's yep. <laughs> um, been a minute, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The only other movie other than Everything Everywhere and All Quiet to win multiple awards was The Whale, which won for Best Actor and Best Hair and Makeup. Uh, do I touch Ooh. this subject or do we just
1: move on? No, I'm going to say something here. Okay with-, say <laughs> it. okay, with hair and makeup specifically, I, no knock on Brendan Fraser. I think that he's um, his performance is great. Like I think everyone kind of figured it's a toss-up between... Him and Austin Butler. Like, it was literally a 50-50 between the two, I think. So that's fine. The hair and makeup thing, though. So after, I know I'm a bit, maybe I'm a bit biased being a sore loser with this Elvis situation. But, (laughs) um, Callum from Scare he commented on a post on Instagram being like, yes, like, Elvis is it. Like, that's the one he agreed with me. And then he (laughs) messages me later and was like, I think I might have jinxed you on that. I was like, yeah, I think you did, buddy. But he, and I said to him, like, how does it not win hair and makeup at a minimum? How did Elvis not win hair and makeup? And he goes, yeah, because the whale is basically putting Brendan Fraser in a fat suit, which we have seen so many times now across films and television. This has been done. And yes, it was done really well, to be fair, like in the whale, it's done very, very well, not to diminish the work of the people who did it. But it's not like anything particularly new. You know, and I so I don't really get and, and you can maybe argue with me that it's it's not particularly new cost or, you know, putting people up in makeup and hair in the 50s and like Elvis. But like, I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't get it personally. I think if we're going to go the prosthetic route then give it to the Batman.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, On the whale, I won't touch makeup and and uh, and hair here, but I will say. Uh, two things about Brendan winning. One, I'm very happy for him as a person. Uh, mm-hmm. Just It seems like he really deserves it. And I'm happy that he's back in our lives in some capacity, in, in outsized role capacity, maybe. The other thing I'll say here, and this is kind of like the grand finale of your A24 series, Dakota, is as far as I'm aware, this is the first time any studio has ever won all four acting categories at the Oscars. Oh, wow. Yeah, wild. I can't believe
0: it.
1: Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, because I, I think... Well done, like,
0: A24. I, I think there's been a couple times where a movie has won three acting uh, wins. I don't have any off the top of my head, like the the stats for the above-the-line sweeps. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the fact that it was four, it was only two movies that won the four awards it was pretty crazy and the fact that it was all a 24 is incredible and uh it's really going to make our a24 retrospective on these movies really interesting and it's it's sort of funny I've, I've already gotten several people that have messaged me and asked to be on the everything everywhere episode in fact i don't know what to do for that one uh so we might Everyone. have to have a bit of an auction to figure out who's going to be our guest on that episode rachel a
2: multiverse episode just like everybody oh Record it like
0: eight different times and then just splice them together. Oh my God. That sounds like a nightmare for me to edit it, but uh, I might have to figure something out.
2: (laughs) You have a lot of time. You have a lot of time to figure it out.
0: (laughs) I do. I really do. Uh, all right. And then so we've got our other winners. There was no real surprises with, uh, with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio winning animated Navalny winning best documentary Top Gun with sound. Um, I was I was actually pretty surprised that Black Panther won for costumes only because they won for the mm-hmm. first film and like. More or less, they're kind of doing the same stuff. So I was very surprised that they awarded the same franchise two costume awards. Were were either of you sort of surprised by that?
1: Yes, because Elvis probably should have taken it. I'm just saying, just saying. That too,
0: yes. (laughs) I had
2: had a theory that was uh, pretty quickly disproven by the aforementioned whale, but I had a theory that if they gave costumes to Elvis, they were going to give makeup and hairstyling to Wakanda forever and vice versa. And so I predicted Black Panther would win costumes, mostly because there's a lot of love for Ruth Carter, the uh, costume designer who also won for Black Panther. And so there's a lot of love for her. And so I predicted that if they win there, Elvis would win in hair and makeup. Obviously that didn't happen, but I thought it was only going to win one of those two categories. And I just happened to pick it correctly. I don't think it should have. I do think actually that, the costumes in that movie are significantly worse than they are in the first black than the first black Panther film. And also worse than a lot of the other nominees. But so it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll put my Elvis stuff aside. Like I actually completely agree with you guys. I think, especially on your point Dakota of the fact that they already awarded her for that franchise. And it's not Mm -hmm. like Wakanda forever had anything particularly different or standout about it that I would be like, Oh, yeah, she deserves it again. Like, she kind of just did the same thing again. And to Todd's point, maybe not as well, actually. So, it's interesting. And then, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but, like, the fact that... Not to say that Wakanda Forever could only win one award, but the fact this was its only award, and, you know, Angela Bassett was right there. She was right there to win this, and I really wanted her to win. And I loved her facial expression, that she didn't try (laughs) to do the it's 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 fine like she they, they deserved it she was more of like yeah, I probably should have won this shouldn't I <laughs> and I respect that I respect that from angel bassett
0: uh, and then no surprise about avatar winning visual effects uh, even though <laughs> Rachel knows how much I, I despised <laughs> having to uh, to name that as m- the best visual effects of the year uh, happy for Top Gun getting sound uh, I I I wondered if maybe that was going to lose to uh, a different film, to All Quiet. I actually really thought that when when All Quiet was sweeping, I was like, man, they could actually maybe pick up Best Sound from Top Gun here. Uh, but they didn't. Top Gun did end up winning. Um, yeah. I think the last winners I want to talk about is uh, Women Talking, Sarah Pauly. Toronto native getting up there that was that was pretty fantastic seeing her win and loved her speech and was very happy that uh, that women talking won an award and then of course RR maybe had like the moment I think everyone was really most looking forward to was seeing uh, them win we'll talk about all the musical performances in a little bit uh how, how did you feel about uh, those two wins there Rachel
1: um I mean kind of uh, not very surprising they've basically followed the writers Guild um award wins for that so and I mean I wasn't the biggest fan of women talking but um really happy to see Sarah Polly get that award because she's got these shouldn't be legacy awards these shouldn't be career awards but like she's got a really good body of work that um hasn't always been or I know I mean she's pretty well recognized I think within the industry uh but yeah I, I think they're both Un- like very unsurprising wins, but I think they're both uh, unsurprising for a reason because they're quite deserving of it.
0: Nice. And what about you? Talking? I was
2: very happy. I was very happy with Sarah Pauli. I uh, I texted pretty much everyone that cares about the Oscars. I was like, "She's Canadian," because if I, I didn't don't get a
1: text, Todd. Well, from...
2: I knew you were in a different time zone.
1: Did you? And though... I was
2: gonna be talking to you later.
1: <laughs> i'll be honest i didn't know i was gonna be talking to you later so you oh, did you not yeah Rachel, i had know. no idea
2: I'm <laughs> i just mean, like go in not and, not and not i see Todd right. i that's was like i here that's such a nightmare to like i can't imagine hosting a podcast and logging into my podcast to find me just in the in the room already but <laughs> i was very happy i told everyone she's canadian because um it actually i know that you know Y'all are Canadian. I am a Canadian immigrant, so you don't know. But when you get your permanent residency in the letter, they say you have to point out any Canadian that wins an Academy Mm -hmm. Award. So I was just like instantly like on my phone making sure everyone knew she's Canadian. And I do think that was the best adapted screenplay as well. Like I, I do think that was the best written thing of those five nominees.
0: I loved it when uh she was giving her speech and uh and pointed out asked everyone that was there for that worked on the film to stand up uh to see so everyone in the crowd could see them and one of them was Sheila McCarthy my former acting teacher and so that was really cool that she was there in the crowd and she was so happy and excited so that just made my night that Sheila McCarthy was there who is uh one of the actors in Women Talking as I've now said so but I didn't know that she guest. did that
1: <laughs> Yeah, you have mentioned that a few times. Um, I wasn't going to say that, but, you know, you brought it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have mentioned it. I think every single time women talking gets brought up, it's, hey, did you know? I she to. I have to. Uh, I have to. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, I I didn't, I, so as I said, I didn't watch the ceremony, so I didn't know that that happened. But that's really cool. That's really cool of her to have done that because I think, um one thing sometimes with these awards that gets a bit lost is like, there's only a few faces that we see associated with a movie. Um And so recognizing that it takes literally a village of people to put on a movie sometimes, Um not all the time, but most of the time it takes a ton of people to put them together. So it's nice that she uh, took the time out to, to give a little shout out. Good old Canadian girl.
0: Um. One thing I, I really want to highlight, and, and Rachel, you're probably not going to be able to comment on this, but I was I was texting with, with a friend of the show, Sammy, and one of the things that both he and I noticed was the pace of the show felt very smooth. I was very happy with, with how it went. Now, mind you, I was a little intoxicated uh, while while watching it, but it seemed like the order— was was very concise. They had people presenting multiple awards at a time. The music sequences didn't seem to completely disrupt the show. The in-memoriam was kept at a nice, tight length. All of it seemed to flow pretty smoothly. Would you sort of agree with that, Todd, or or what are your thoughts on the way the actual show was produced?
2: Yeah, no, I thought, well, it felt kind of like the first normal Oscars since... Before I guess COVID. the Parasite Oscars. Yeah, I mean, since COVID, <laughs> right? And and Parasite yeah. won, it felt like, I guess, mere minutes before COVID began. So there's only been a couple of ceremonies since then, but obviously the COVID Oscars were very thrown off. And then last year, because of some, I guess, extracurricular activities, stuff was still thro- was thrown off more. But yeah, it felt like a normal kind of pace. I also felt like the speeches were like naturally rather short. It didn't feel like a lot of people were getting played off. It didn't happen very often. It did happen when there would be people like two people winning an award. And the first person would finish speaking before the second one got to the microphone, the band would start playing, but it didn't feel like there was anyone who got up there and just spoke for like 10 minutes straight. Like Joaquin Phoenix did a couple of years ago, um, notably <laughs> about veganism. And so, I don't know. Like I felt like that definitely helped the pace. I also think that while every host has a few misses because it comes with the business, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was like rather good tonight and didn't do any stupid bits that really killed the momentum of the show, had a couple good one-liners, and then just kept it moving. And so, I'm kind of pro just letting Kimmel host it until he says he's done or until... yeah. I don't know. Get assaulted, or there's a good reason to remove them.
0: <laughs> I, I would probably put Kimmel, give him like a, a, a solid B to B plus. Like he wasn't amazing, but like he didn't really screw anything up. I didn't like the uh, audience interaction bit that he did where it was like asking yeah. the, the fake questions. That was the, that was the only kind of like really cringy moment where you're just like, okay, let, let's keep it going here. Um, he had a couple jokes that I I felt didn't really land, but I think that's probably he probably had better accuracy with his jokes this year than when he previously hosted. I agree. Uh, so, so, like, I, I like, yeah, like I don't know what to say. Like, I think I think he did. I think he did pretty respectable, all things considered. I know it's the most difficult job to do because you're never going to please everyone or anyone for that matter. And, and he mostly did a pretty okay job, which is basically all you can really ask for, for an Oscar host these days.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I also think that them kind of defaulting to letting the other presenters of awards do like their own two minute bits, like at most actually worked really well because I do think the gimmicky things never work in these award shows, including Going to the audience, which was like kind of, I think, his biggest miss of the night. And also happened to be like Hassan Minaj's biggest miss at the film Independent Spirit Awards. Like that just, that stuff never works. But letting Elizabeth Banks get up there and talk for three minutes with a giant person, with a person in a giant bear suit next to her, just doing cocaine bear jokes for like three minutes, like that was fine. And it didn't, I thought it was funny and about as much of like a gag that I would want in a show. And so, like, yeah. Yeah, I think a B plus is actually much closer to an A plus when it comes to hosting like a four hour award show than we probably give it credit for. Because it's <laughs> that is no one's amazing. Billy Crystal anymore.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we, we don't have Billy Crystal. I know none of us were ever around for Bob Hope, but like there, there's n- nothing like that. Um, what did you think of the Little Mermaid propaganda? Wait, what? Can someone recap this for me? Yeah, Rachel, speak on it. Go, go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know you were watching Adam uh, and Little
0: Mermaid propaganda. Uh, no, so for Rachel, who does not know, uh, obviously the Oscars are produced by ABC. Disney owns ABC, and they specifically took time out of the ceremony to have uh, a special preview trailer of the new Little Mermaid trail, uh the new Little Mermaid movie, and it just felt very weird. I thought when they said that during the Oscars they're going to have a, a, the exclusive premiere of the new Little Mermaid trailer, I thought that meant during a commercial break. And it wasn't. And that was weird to me. Todd? Yeah, yeah no, awful. Just terrible. The movie looks terrible. I
2: hope you guys give it like <laughs> at least six or seven episodes, just like an extensive break. But it looks... God-awful. And I have to say later, and I could be wrong about this, but during the in-memoriam, I, I guess noticed isn't a fair thing to say. Didn't notice. I don't think Charles B. Dean, the lead actress from Triangle of Sadness, was in she the in-memoriam. No. Yeah. What, what happened there? It's like a huge loss for a Best wow. Picture nominee. And I just can't believe wow. that if that was like a time, either it was an oversight or someone was trying to cut time which I would hope to believe it's an oversight and they weren't like, we'll get rid of Charles B. Dean out of the In Memoriam. But regardless, they should like retcon this Oscar, just go back and add the people they missed in the In Memoriam and get rid of the Little Mermaid propaganda, which is going to try really hard to convince us that this movie is worth seeing. And every time I see something for it, I'm like, I'm not seeing that movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah. The missing Charlie Dean is, is huge. Normally I'm not a fan of when people complain, they're like, Oh, they missed so-and-so for the in memoriam. I'm like, well, you know, it's a two and a half, three minute thing. And there's probably like 200 people that unfortunately passed away that, Mm -hmm. you know, were high level involvement in movies and Hollywood and stuff like that. And we can't have them all fit in, but like the fact that, yeah, it's, it was someone who was in a best picture nominee this year was pretty surprising.
2: Yeah. And like, She's really good in it, too. It's not like a bit part. She's like the lead actress, and she's very good in it. And otherwise, I mean, I have no qualms with the in-memoriam. Like a weird thing to have qualms with. I thought John Travolta's
1: qualms <laughs> with
2: <laughs> Rachel, relax.
1: I really um, have an issue with this in-memoriam. I'd like to talk about this for the next 45 you know the most minutes. The problematic please. part of this Oscar ceremony is... <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I thought Travolta's intro, it got me teary-eyed. I thought it was excellent. And then oh, of course wow, they he introduced it. They he introduces it in the first name they put up there is Olivia Newton John, and it was just a real like
1: sucker punch.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he was he was really emotional.
1: Sorry, when did Kelly Preston pass away? It
0: was several years so ago. You're now looking at the in Oh really? Oh wow.
1: Yeah. I thought it was very recent. Oh, okay. Oh. Moving on. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, another part of the show, the the musical performances. We we unfortunately had to suffer through a really awkward Diane Warren performance for a terrible <laughs> movie that I watched a couple of days ago and holy crap, I wish I could have that time of my life back. Have you seen <laughs> um Tell It Like a Woman, Todd? So this is where I out
2: myself 35 minutes into this recording for like cheating which is i watched every nominated movie except for tell it like a woman but i did listen to the song before doing the song category which i feel like is the only thing that matters considering most of these are end credit music anyway
0: this one surprisingly uh, takes place in the movie
2: well then i gotta watch it
0: i'm gonna log off and throw on tell it like a Woman." (laughs) uh what did what did you think of that performance though
2: uh no not good I actually didn't think really any of the not to not to performance I thought was excellent but I thought the Lady Gaga one was fine I thought the Rihanna one was fine I the Diane Warren one wasn't very good and then I'm blinking the uh the fifth one it was the first one performed which is probably why I'm blinking it I don't know. I, I still don't think that the live perform- I've there have been very few live performances in the history of the Academy Awards that I've watched. And I've been like, that's really worth the five minutes we're doing for it. And I what's didn't, one that you, you
1: like, like that you can think of first one that you can think of?
2: Didn't Gaga and speaking of Gaga, didn't Gaga and Bradley Cooper perform yeah. together?
1: That's the very that's first good. one I thought of, too, when you said that. Yeah. I really love that yeah. performance. Good one
2: she kind of went like a star is born tonight she like rachel she like took off her like dress and she put on like a oh. t-shirt in converse okay and then performed and then got back in her dress and went back to the the audience did she like let me,
1: let me ask you this did she take her makeup off like was it the same makeup? so
2: i might have noticed a blemish which would make me think that she did have like a makeup wipe on hand Interesting. um I'm not, not totally sure. She was definitely wearing less lipstick in the performance than she was on the red carpet.
1: Say, I, I, saw her, I saw her picture on the red carpet and her makeup was exquisite. So I was yeah. wondering if she kept that. She must have it.
0: taken yeah the makeup off or at least a, a good portion of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think she did. It was very
0: interesting though. Because it was it it was it was very uh, almost an acoustic type of ballad where it was just like a very quiet piano and and guitar going. And it was just her sort of belting it. The, the, The way it was filmed was very awkwardly, like extreme close ups of just her face. And you couldn't see the rest of the band for almost the whole show. And so when she like stood up, she like was awkwardly not in frame for a bit. And they like the camera person kept trying to zoom in on their face even lady gaga's face even though she was like moving around and so often it wasn't what we were supposed to be seeing it was a very weird framing device and i didn't like it even if she gave a pretty incredible vocal performance yeah that's expected isn't
1: it she's she's fantastic she's a great singer well uh, for you guys what was your favorite um performance like if you if i only could go back and watch one now
0: I will watch them all, oh, but like, which one did
1: you guys love the most? Definitely the RRR one. Um, yeah? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty fantastic. Yeah.
0: They basically recreated the entire scene from the the number that they do. The only thing that was a little weird to me, I don't know if it was weird to you, Todd, was the fact that they, the two main dancers that they, they use, they clearly cast them and dressed them to look like the actors in the movie, even though they weren't the actors from the movie. Did you find that weird?
2: Yeah, I, I did find it weird. I also thought that it was kind of strange that in recreating, because I've listened to the song a million times now, just like on like Spotify or, you know, just in my ears, but and not watching the scene. And so the kind of back and forthness they have with the white colonizer is removed from like the soundtrack version of it. Right. But then in recreating the scene, they're doing all that same movement, but they still just remove that part of it. And so it makes the kind of, I thought that was like a little, it just stood out to me. It jumped out. But yeah, I thought it was the best performance by quite a large margin and still didn't live up anywhere close to the in-movie version of it, which just speaks volumes to that song in that film. But yeah, I agree. That was the best performance.
0: I would also say that despite not really caring for uh, this is a life from everything, everywhere, all at once, I did enjoy the the performance of that mostly because of David Byrne's weirdness, which, you know, every award show could use more David Byrne weirdness. So I was fine with that. He, you know, he's wearing the hot dog fingers. That's right. That's the one I was forgetting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephanie Hsu subbed in for Mitski tonight, Rachel.
1: Did she? I gotta go watch that. That should be the one that I go watch. What are you guys doing to me? It's it's a really good what, one too. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening here? How is that coming up after when I'm asking which is the one? No, no, not the one Stephanie Chu performed in.
2: No, <laughs> what she's ball? in like right, what's the Everything love. Everywhere
1: costume? It's yeah, her production
0: design
1: on that one too. i I will watch all of them. Like that, that is fair.
0: Let me put it this way, Rachel. If you can contain yourself for 30 minutes of not watching Elvis videos, you can watch all of these performances. <laughs> we'll get
1: there. We'll get there. Yeah? It's fine. Will you? We'll get there. Well, one one can, day. Can, one day. Can we'll we
0: reveal there. what you were uh, messaging me a couple days ago, or or is that a no-no?
1: What was I messaging you?
0: <laughs> when you were like, hey, I'm doing a, a CBC radio hit in thirty oh. minutes. I should probably get up. <laughs> out of bed but i'm currently watching elvis videos in my hotel room
1: yeah it's fine i i woke up i got i was up in time for it i did the hour it was fine yes so it's fine
0: (laughs) yeah can you believe this todd like she's insane
2: if she can dream
0: there you go (laughs) there
1: you go todd there you go
0: uh, all right. Uh, I, I feel like we should get into a little bit of housekeeping here as far as what our predictions once based on our predictions episode. Uh, I included the shorts. You did not. So uh, my final tally was 18 out of 23. I went three for three with the shorts. I was absolutely thrilled for that. Hey, and so Rachel, did I. Oh, nice. Yeah. They, they're, they seem sort of predictable, but at the same time, you never really know what the shorts and you're just like, Oh, it could be anything. I don't know how they're going to vote on this. (laughs) Uh, and then Rachel went 12 for 20 because she didn't uh, predict the three short categories. Uh, what was your ballot like Todd?
2: Uh, I did predict the shorts.
0: I went 16
2: of 23 and, uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty good then. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Rachel. I
2: don't know what I did last year, but I don't think it was that good last year.
0: Rachel, how are you uh, feeling about uh, your eventual picks considering um, Elvis lost all four awards yeah, that you no. put down for it?
1: That's too bad. That's really too bad. I just had to... Have- putting the eggs in one basket kind of situation. Um, I'll say, so I had a, I did a predictions article for exclaim and I did put in my, I think I ended up changing a few actually from what we talked about. And then I did the shorts as well. Um, But I only ended up getting 13 out of 23. So that was pretty bad. I did really well last year too. I remember doing really, really well.
0: Wow. Uh, Yeah. I, um uh, in our podcast episode i predicted the whale for hair and makeup and then on mm-hmm. my ballot today i switched it to elvis oh did you and, uh, and that yeah that <laughs> bit me a little bit there but uh but yeah i i i guess my real official one is now 17 although every prediction ballot i filled out i got 18 so i don't i don't really know how to look at how i did <laughs>
1: how many prediction ballots are you filling out what's going on here? yeah
0: what are you talking about
1: <laughs> M- multiple um well we all did multiple we would all do pretty well wouldn't
2: we The goat is like i just do them like the
0: kid menu they give you a <laughs> i just get a crayon and i fill them in at every meal if someone posts a link of hey join my you know group or whatever submit a ballot i'm gonna do it i can't say no i'm a sucker for these things so.
1: but you don't you submit the what? same predictions every single time <laughs> I
0: they all Rachel they are all the <laughs> exact same with the exception of the one that I basically did my personal one of just Stephanie and I facing each other so there okay How's Steph else uh she got sixteen out of twenty three mm. yeah to Nor be fair she probably only did one ballot <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh you guys are hilarious oh. yeah, you're time you're on next, the show yeah
2: I know why um, so I have to plug plug my Twitter right now so everyone follows me. You won't hear my voice again. But yeah, no. <laughs> but Next year, Rachel, Dakota's going to come on and be like, between my seven ballots, I got all 23 correct.
1: <laughs> <sighs> it's like saying you won the lottery, you like scattered the numbers across a bunch of different cards. You show up to the Lotto Max and be like, look, I won. And it's they're here somewhere. Like, oh,
2: they're, they're copy are... and pasted together you put like them all together. killer letters.
1: Just put them together. You just take an average, split the difference. It's fine. I hate you both <laughs> so much right now. <sighs> oh. I I did not start a
0: podcast so I could get roasted on air.
1: Shouldn't have invited us on, Todd. You and I should just do one of these. <laughs> Without Dakota, so you can make. Fun yeah, we of me just talk Elvis. We can talk fun? baseball. We yeah, can bullying. throw some basketball in. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Oh
2: yeah, let's do it. Done. The other
1: piece of
0: housekeeping is uh, our the bonus episode that we put out uh, a few days before the Oscars where Rachel, you, me, Alex, and Brody decided to have an Oscar draft where we could see who could predict the most wins. And uh, Brody crushed it. the The Everything Everywhere, which was his first pick, second pick overall, got him seven points. He also got points for Top Gun and Black Panther. Alex came in second place with five wins. He got four for All Quiet and one for Women Talking. Uh, I came in third place with four wins, two for The Whale, one for Avatar, and one for RRR. And then, Rachel, you came in last place because you picked Elvis first overall and only got points for Pinocchio Navalny. So,
1: how do you feel about that? I mean, there was a risk. I like, I understand if you're going to put all, like, you know, I had the first pick, and I could have taken everything everywhere. I should have stuck with my Asian people. I don't know why I bet against us. I should have done that. But I didn't. I really had a hankering for it. Like, I was like, Elvis is going to come away and do really, really well. But then he didn't. Not him. The movie. I'm not going to blame <laughs> Elvis Presley for this, because he's been dead for a long time. Um <laughs> But yeah, I whatever movie Brody gets me to watch. Is it just him, or how does that yeah, work? Yeah,
0: so so Brody, as the winner, gets to uh, pick a movie for you to watch, and then at a later time when uh, when you do end up watching that, we'll have the two of you on, and well, obviously you'll be on. We'll have Brody on and uh, do a little segment of uh, of of Brody getting to gloat. I, I
1: can't trust believe Brody. I trust Brody I can- to do this. I'm I'm fine with him doing it.
2: I don't know Brody. But I want to give a big shout out to Brody for smoking y'all in that draft, considering he also drafted Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, (laughs) which had a 0% chance of winning.
0: Yeah, it's true. That that was his fifth pick. It was his, I guess, wild card and uh, and blame uh, John from red carpet rosters who gave him a false sense of uh, optimism that it might win because that was his uh, all guts, no glory pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, Brody really won it with four dogs in the race. I mean... That's pretty. Well, I to say, to
1: be fair, I think by the time that he picked that last one, I don't think there was anything else that would have been any better. To be honest, like I could, I have yeah, to there there really was
0: not like, Yeah,
1: our I last think any picks anything, were, yeah, for I think for all of us, our last picks were crap.
0: Yeah, uh, it was all the beauty and the bloodshed for me. Alex had Triangle of Sadness, which was a solid one to get around for his last pick. uh, Brody had Mrs. Harris, and then your last one was Argentina in 1985. So it was was all slim pickings that was
1: left. Well, Brody, if you're listening, I look forward to your pick of what you're going to make me watch. I do have some faith in him, though. Like, if it was you, I would be like, oh, shit. But Brody, I feel like I I have more faith in him. That he's not going to choose, like, some (laughs) god-awful movie.
0: I was really worried that I was going to lose, but that it was going to come down to you and I because we both only <laughs> had two for the longest time. And I was like, man, you all have just been lining up your picks of what you were going
1: to make me watch. Because you haven't seen RoboCop, and that's weird. It's on really? TV. It, like, it was on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Do you, do you, do you just hate action films from, like, I don't know, not that long ago, the 80s and 90s? Just the answer is yes. yes yes he Based does
1: off. hate them <laughs> like genuinely he does yes. hate them
2: <laughs> what
0: why uh, my, it's unbelievable my, opinions, it? my opinion on Die Hard is it's a fine movie
2: So wait I'm just not oh, to get the straight Dakota you're like you know what I'd like to do right now is just crack open a beer sit in front of my TV and not watch something cool as hell
1: no nah, he's like I'm gonna watch yes. I don't know some like 1920s like a Italian impressionist kind of movie <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. Uh,
0: it says the person who actually put eight and a half on her sight and sound. Back. Yeah, I was going to say. Hey, eight and, and a half Rachel.
1: is a brilliant movie, you guys. Let's not knock eight and a half here.
0: Rachel so hates bullying. Don't try bulimic. to call me out. <laughs> Uh, I so circling back to this drafting I had a lot of fun doing it I hope we do it again next year it was really cool uh did you enjoy the aspect of it Rachel or are you waiting to see what your punishment is before you uh decide whether or not you liked it
1: no it's fun I think it's really fun to do um I even though got the first pick and I probably didn't choose the one that everyone would have chosen I like doing the spicy picks. I'm fine with that. I think it's cool to be a little, to, to make it a little fun. So no, I, th- I think it was a lot of fun and uh, we should do it again. Is there, re- I guess you can't really go beyond four, can you? Cause it's kind of hard after that. Yeah. And unless we like shorten the picks. I was going like, to say, it's kind of awkward reach. talking about this when we didn't ask Todd to do it with us.
2: No, it's it's well, fine. I really okay. I like this draft. I like listening in, Rachel, because I know that if I ever draft against you and like anything else, if there's like draft baseball players, I'm like, oh, I can rely on Rachel to pick Cody Bellinger one. Like, no <laughs> chance she's gonna take a
0: threat. <laughs> oh wow. This this podcast who,
1: who is gonna even
0: get all the references in this podcast? This one is all over the place.
1: I love we that. are. That's who's gonna get them. We are. <laughs> Uh,
0: wow. Do you have any final thoughts on the Oscars or the winners, Todd, uh, the overall experience? What do you have to recap us with?
2: Um, I got more emotional than I thought I would at like three or yeah three or so different times in the ceremony. And including when Michelle Yeoh won, just when they announced her name, I got really emotional because I was very happy for her because she clearly really wanted it. And it means a lot. And Kate Blanchett was the other actual contender in that group. And Kate Blanchett did not want it. And so it was really nice to see Michelle Yeoh get it. And it's kind of nice to just have an Oscar ceremony where people win things and everybody feels good. And you can, as a viewer, just have those feelings for them. And be super pumped when like Top Gun wins a sound category or... When Michelle Yeoh or, I don't know, who else I'm thinking of, Hugh Kwan wins, right? It's just really nice to feel good. And so that's kind of where I came away. I was just like, hey, that was not the worst use of three and a half hours of my life tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i on the same boat. I got emotional a couple times, too. The speeches were, were really terrific. We already kind of highlight that they didn't seem to go on forever. They, they kind of got to the point without having to be played off awkwardly. All in all, it was it was a very solid performance by the Academy of the way they produced this show. And, I, and I'm happy with it. And like I said earlier, it's one of these things that like no one is – they're never going to please everyone uh, and – in that case, they often please no one. And in this case, I think they did a pretty good job overall. It was an entertaining several hours of TV, like you said, Todd. Like I, I'm really happy with it. And if they keep similar format for, for next year where they're like, hey, we're just going to you know keep this on brand, keep it on category, not stray too far and do two ridiculous things, uh, I think people might start returning back to the Oscars and watching them more. I don't care that it's a long ceremony. I care if it's boring and unappealing and in this year it wasn't either of those things
2: yeah also rachel when you go back and look watch this ceremony it, everyone is really hot tonight i have to also say that like everyone looked amazing tonight all the presenters the winners paul rogers the uh editor for everything everywhere hot florence Pugh and andrew garfield Presented together. I was like, y'all are hot. They had Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan there oh, together. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, that was nice. I just... They killed it. Everyone looked great. Pedro Pascal was there. While the finale of The Last of Us aired live. That must have been a trip. But, you know, everyone really looked good, too. Which is a pretty crucial part, I think, of award shows.
1: Who's the top three hottest of the night, Todd?
2: Um, uh, I think... Halle Berry got younger so it's like <laughs> I didn't even know she, was there. That's cool. she she looked great uh yeah Majors and Michael B Jordan both looked yeah. excellent uh, everyone looked really good like just I was watching the red carpet show beforehand and I was there wasn't a, there wasn't that one thing where it's like that person walks in and you're like that's what they're wearing tonight it kind of was like a solid. I gotta
0: say, Florence Pugh is is that person for me tonight. And yeah, I it did look like she had like a duvet around herself. It did. Yeah, it was not. It was not great. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. Everyone did look fantastic. The outfits were all on point. Like uh, the the jewelry and the makeup was was glamorous, but it wasn't like it was like gaudy or anything like that. Everyone everyone looked really beautiful. Yeah, no Hugh one got Grant
1: slapped, out. No slapping happened.
2: No, no Grant lots came of jokes me, about like, it from Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, a lot of jokes.
1: Oh, did he really make jokes about that? I kind of thought that was... Oh,
2: like tons.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: In fact, the whole ceremony ended with them, you know, kind of doing like the camera going backstage as Jimmy Kimmel leaves the stage and he walks up to like a big board that's, you know, number of days at work without an incident and he changes it from zero to one. And, uh, really? and then the credits rolled. And I was like, well, yeah. they did it. Wow. But say your,
0: say your Hugh Grant uh, comments, because that was a weird thing.
2: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say Hugh Grant was there. Hugh Grant didn't necessarily, I mean, he kept making jokes about how he didn't look as good as all the other nominees, but I have to say his red carpet appearance before the Oscars was excellent because he was asked what he was wearing and he just looked down at himself and went a suit. Like it was a question he'd never been asked before. And I was like, he still, he still got it. I was like, put him in the movie. He still has it. I'm, I'm good.
1: Is that what that was about? I, I did was... see something on Twitter, people being like, he was being really rude and he was doing all this and that. That's all he said.
2: I don't know. I don't
0: know if that's what it was about that. They were saying that on Twitter for, um,
2: yeah, I don't know.
1: Interesting.
0: He did say when he was on stage uh, that he looked like a scrotum. He used those words specifically. About himself. I,
1: what? Yes. Like, you guys remember, like, in Paddington, too, when they go into his house and, like, they show all the old pictures that he has of himself, like, around the house. I always thought that, that was, like, a really funny gag. Because he was a gor. i mean, he still is handsome. I don't care what he says. But he was a gorgeous-looking man in his youth. I don't know how we got on talking about Hugh Grant being really hot in the 90s, but, you know, (laughs) that's cool.
0: I haven't seen Paddington 2, so I can't comment on that scene.
1: You've never seen Paddington 2?
0: Too much action for him, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This seems like a perfect segue to close out this show. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate, uh, Todd, you coming on, even if you...
1: I really appreciate it too, hour. Todd. I really do.
0: We have You're to wrap this, this up, Rachel. Don't maybe. get me going. I'm running out of jokes that no. prepared
2: at his expense.
0: Good. <laughs> uh, everyone, thank you for listening to Rachel's last episode too. She had a good run. Um... <laughs>
1: You're fired. <laughs> Paddington too Todd, having too much action. Fired. That's really funny.
2: Rachel, you're fired. Uh, it's, it's just so much time for us to do our super niche ba- uh, baseball, basketball, we hate Fellini podcast or whatever we agreed the third thing
1: was. <laughs> With some 90s action and 80s. There's yeah. some 80s action in there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Todd, it's going to be great. Todd where can people find you and uh, are you working on anything right now or have anything that you've recently published other than your, your Oscar article that you were talking about earlier? Um, you can find
2: me at Todd underscore complex on Twitter letterbox pretty much. Oh, no, that's pretty much it. Actually. That's, I don't really use a lot of social media. So those two and no, I was really cramming for what I had left of the Oscars. And besides that I don't have anything. I'm sure stuff will come up as we kind of get into a, a new film year and as like blockbusters begin to be released more and more now that Creed three and John Wick four are coming out. But yeah, no. I don't have anything imminently on the horizon besides a new baseball podcast.
1: That we're gonna <laughs> call doll oh, we're gonna call it Dolly Zoom pod. It's gonna be amazing.
0: Oh. Ooh. <laughs> wow. The the audacity. Uh <laughs> I did watch Rachel.
2: Vertigo in your honor, Dakota. <laughs> rewatched it. I rewatched it in your honor, Dakota. You asked me to come it. on, Thank and you. I was like, I need to watch Vertigo for Dakota. Still great. <laughs> still a banger. Still a banger. Still a banger. As Frank Crapper would say Vertigo, still a banger.
0: uh this show has gone completely off the rails. rachel where can people find you and uh have you published anything recently
1: uh yeah you go rachelkh.com and i'm on underscore rachelkh at oh no i said that wrong i'm at underscore rachelkh on twitter and instagram uh what have i had new oh i did a, a review for the luther movie on exclaim um, oh, and I Like Movies as well, which is a new Canadian movie that came out by Chandler Levac That's on That Shelf. And this is a That Shelf podcast, so that's a nice tie-in there.
0: That's a great tie-in, and I feel like uh, I should do my outro here. Uh, this has been a That Shelf podcast. Visit thatshelf.com for more great film discourse like Rachel's review of I Like Movies. Follow this show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pod. What did you think of the winners? Send an email to ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. Thank you to Eric and Kevin Smell for the theme music and to Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. If you like to listen to podcasts on YouTube, we do post all episodes there as well. And if you really like the show, consider tipping us on coffee. Thanks for checking us out.